Welcome to the Zen Stoic Path. On this episode, we bring on a special guest. We have Jeff Bandman, the host of Mindset Radio and the founder of The Anchored Human. Now, Jeff has been a guest on this show before, and I decided to invite him back on because what he shared with me on that first episode absolutely changed my life, which is known as the return to original breath. It has not only changed my life, but it has changed the lives of my clients, my students, and even the people closest to me. Now, the return to original breath is a way of regulating the central nervous system through our breath alone, and it answers the one question that we all have in the back of our minds constantly, which is, am I safe? So in this episode, we talk about how to create safety in the body by regulating our nervous system, by feeling our emotions, by enjoying our lives and doing what truly brings us joy and fulfillment. Jeff also shares what he seeks to create a legacy with, which is what is known as the anchored birth. Now, the anchored birth is a way of bringing children into the world that allows them to come into a world where everyone's nervous system in the room, including the parents, are completely regulated by doing the return to original breath. When this happens, the baby's nervous system is primed with safety and tranquility. And since the recording of this episode, I got to share this knowledge with some friends of mine who recently had a baby, and they had the most magical and tranquil experience for the birth of their child. And it shows with the child. It is the most chill baby that I've ever met, And it was such a beautiful thing to see this work in real time. So I'm really excited for you to get into the episode. Enjoy this conversation with Jeff Bandman. Jeff, it's so good to have you back on the show, man. I have to say, from that first episode that we recorded, you showed me the return to our natural breath. And that one little technique has not only changed my life, it's changed the lives of my clients, my students, and now it's going to even get to spread to our listeners through our sovereign awareness technique. So thank you so much for sharing that and welcome back to the show. Hey brother, no worries. I'm glad it, it, uh, I'm glad it helped. Um, you know, simple little things that, uh, uh, presented contextually well, you know, in my opinion, often can make this the biggest impact in all of us. And yeah, I just finished, you know, 40, 45 minutes of it this morning, just kind of needing to release other energy and reset and uh, come into my own space. So man, it works. Oh yeah, most definitely. And for, for those who didn't get to listen to the first episode, what is the return to natural breath? And yeah, why- so I call it, I generally call it the return to original breath, right? Original uh, breath. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the concept is, you know, somewhere between, you know, age zero to five, six, seven, depending upon just your track, your maturity track, your, your evolution. Um, you know, we breathe in a very distinct way because we're not logical thinking beings yet. You know, we're still developing upstairs and, uh, but we need the capacity to kind of sense and feel into the world, you know, and regulate. Am I safe? Am I okay? Is this all right? Can I do this? You know, was this going to hurt me? Did that hurt me? Was that good? Was, you know, and, and all that's going on in the system during that period, it's like, you know, your calibration zone to what's happening and your, as your body is adapting to its environment, uh, you are breathing in a way that, you know, that, that is, uh, very uh, rhythmic, right? And so the breath is fairly simple. Uh, as an adult, you know, we put a little more on it. 
uh, just because it helps us begin to formulate some things, but fairly simple technique. You're going to breathe in through your nose, but you're going to do it intentionally, right? Because there's two components to this that are very important. There is the essence of taking control, especially as an adult now, you know, a lot of times we don't feel in control of ourselves or our circumstances or our life or whatever it might be. And so it's an opportunity to remind ourselves how much of in control of our system we are. So in through the nose by deliberate action. So intentionally breathe in, take that breath all the way down to the diaphragm, extend that diaphragm, you know, and if you're doing it for the first time, it may be hard, right? Because if you don't, if you're not a, a belly breather, you've got to rebuild that whole muscle system down there. Uh, but deep down into the diaphragm, and then once you hit peak, you can practice and hold a little bit if you want, play with it, find out where you like it. But then you enter the aspect of giving up control. So literally at that point, all you're going to do is open your mouth, relax your jaw, and you're just going to allow breath to naturally leave the body. You're not going to, you're not going to breathe out. You are not participating in the breath, leaving the body. You are giving permission to the body to regulate itself and just allow that breath to leave. And, you know, that's triggering your vagal nerve. It's sending signals of safety to your brain. You'll get that vestibular wobble, which is the key sign that your system is actually settling in and regulating itself against the conditions around, you know, in three to five minutes of that is magic. Uh, and, you know, the reason why I call it a return to original breath, that's what we did, right? That's how we kind of, you look at the kids around, they're all belly breathing. They don't care. They got nothing to prove or this or that or anything. They're just hanging out and they're constantly connecting to the environment around them from a physiological standpoint, right? It's more in body and, you know, and that allows things to naturally expel what doesn't need to be there. Check in. Okay. I'm good. And off we go. And so it's been wildly successful. I've had a lot of success with it. Um, and, you know, I've trained a bunch of people in it and I find it to be fairly simple. You know, it's just routine. If you, if you do it, you do it. If you don't, you don't. It, it is, it is magical, especially I remember you telling me on the first show that, Hey, if you, you do this for, you know, a week, two weeks, you'll start to just notice that your life is different. Like it influences the way that you think about things, the way that you see the world, because, it is a way of communicating to your body, at least that I've found in the experience, you know, in the months that I've been doing this now of communicating, I am safe because you'll mm. never be able to tell yourself I am safe. Like in your, yeah. in your dialogue, it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. If you breathe into it, it actually communicates that message in a really interesting way. And by coming from a place of safety, which I know that that word can, can feel a little loaded for, for people listening, but because safety is not just the only question. It's the only thing that matters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and we need safety in a variety of different realms in our modern world, not just, you know, being safe from a saber toothed tiger or something, but actually like, am I, do I feel emotionally safe? Do I feel psychologically safe? And, and this breathing technique I notice brings me into that and communicates to my body. Like, yes, I am safe. And like, this is how I'm telling myself. In, yeah. in a very profound way. Yeah. Safe is not an upstairs answer. You will not find it in your brain. Yes. Um, it, it fully comes from your body. And to me, and I've said this for a long time, and I can't remember if we talked about it or not, but you know, that is really the only question that matters. And today, you know, while we may 
may be more physically safe. We are far less safe, like you said, in so many ways. Am I safe to say this, do this, be this, share this, you know, whatever it might be. And it's, it's overwhelming. I mean, that's my, my bandman theory is the reason why we have such a massive issue with, um, uh, anxiety, ADHD, all these, all these things we're dealing with. It's because in that early, those early phases, that mechanism of safe got disrupted, you know, or anchored into something that isn't technically safe, but because it was mom or dad, it must be safe. Like, and the confusion starts. So yeah, man, I mean, that's, uh, that's really it. If we can just, just get to that place, like, uh, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm safe right now. Okay. This is okay. And we start, you know, listening in, man, the world mm. gets a whole lot different pretty quickly. It does. It's almost a, um, a passage to fully be in the human experience. I notice there's a lot of, mm. especially like a new age think or like spiritual circles, there's a lot of talk of ascension and essentially not being here. And every time I hear that, I'm like, you incarnated as a human being. Stop trying to not be here. It's not very spiritual of you. <laughs> like, yeah, this is why, why would you not want to be? This is it. This is yeah. part of the journey. You know, I don't know. Have you ever read Conversations with God? Yeah, uh, years ago. I've actually, yeah. it's interesting that you bring it up because I was literally thinking to myself, I'm going to go back through it like a couple days ago. I'm like, I'm going to be getting the audiobooks and going back through that. Yep. But yeah, so well, that, that's what I'm doing it now. Now, and now my evening routine is. You know, I drop the headset in, I go lay down, you know, and I go about 30 minutes, 45 minutes of just listening. Um, and it's been really, you know, cause I let, read it, I don't know, two years ago or something and going back to it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, the, the, the deal is to be here. I mean, I even have decided now, uh, not that I'll get there, but I'm shifting my context around aging. You know I mean? I'm in, in my 50th year of life now. And I grew up with this gnarly context of getting older of like aging. Um, and I thought the other day is like, wow, when I look back on these 50 years, they have been hard. They have been gnarly, but they have been phenomenal in so many ways, both for me and the world in a lot of ways, right? Watching evolution, see what's going on. I want to stick around for another 50. Like, like I would like to, and then, and then from that, like everything flows like, okay, if I want to live to a hundred, what do I need to do to live to a hundred? And it would be curious to me, and I'm starting my, my TikTok thing is going to be a series of like, what ifs, mm -hmm. you know? And one of the questions I'll ask there is, uh, you know, what if we just naturally all knew we could live to a hundred? Like that was the, that was the point that you got a hundred years on this planet. How would that shift your context of life? Yeah, that's uh, I, I love the, those types of questions because they start to break constructs that we create and then forget that we created them and end up being a slave to them. <laughs> and yeah, and or, or, us out. yeah, and just all the influence of like what what people around you, you know, it's like, oh, I want, you know, I don't want to go past 70. I mean, there was a point where I was like, OK, cool, I'm ready to go, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, and no, 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 I want to I just want to like. I want to observe now that I have some freedom now that huh, past all of that and that's complete. And there's just kind of this new space, uh, opening up. It's like, I want to, I just want to see what happens. I'm just curious, you know, yeah. at this point and think to live to a hundred and, and be cognitively available and here for all of it, man, how cool it'd be. 
to, to yeah. you know, be doing a podcast at 100 years old, signing off, being like, I've completed <laughs> my, my cycle, you know? Uh, think of the wisdom we would get from people if, if, oh, we yeah. were, if you actually live to 100. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it would change everything. Yeah. I, um, I started asking myself more questions like this. It, when it comes to Zen Stoic philosophy, we have this framework of intentions and delusions. And the way you can look at this is on a meta level, it, it operates on the, like the axiom of the purpose of life is to live it on a meta level and everything else that we do within it, like all the meaning is up to our free will and however we decide to create that meaning. But the purpose of life is to live it. And there are five ways in which we engage with life. We engage in, in feeling, thinking, doing, expressing, and being. And anytime that we're engaging in those things, we're being intentional because we're coming into this experience being very present. Anytime we're attempting to disengage from one of those things, as an example, attempting not to feel something and instead using like thinking and ruminating instead of actually feeling the emotion or doing the action and going and working out instead of feeling your stuff. Right. And one of the, the, the pair bonds of intention and delusion around the thinking is understanding versus control. Mm. I always found that understanding in its essence is leading with a question, leading with curiosity and a willingness to learn. Whereas control is leading with a construct of, of language or a conclusion or pre a predetermined belief. And it was really, it's really interesting that you're asking these what if questions, because they're leading with this sense of curiosity, which I believe is our natural state is yeah. to be curious and to want to learn. Yep. Yeah. I was watching this. Uh, I don't know if you've watched it. Have you watched the, uh, series C S E E on Apple TV. Yes. Uh, yeah. I've seen, I've seen like go, where everything goes blind, where the world yeah. goes blind, you know, over 500 years, dude. I mean, I was just like, wow. I mean, what if, and, and, you know, as I'm exploring, uh, post my shot and a few other things and the things that have happened this year to really clear out my system, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've just been exploring like physiological adaptation in unique ways, you know, and we think logically today, like, oh, that would be awful, but we're taking, we're taking blindness and trying to jam it into the world we know, Mm. you know, what if you were just, what if that was the way it was, period, you know, you would adapt to it. I mean, the human being is pretty amazing, right? Just the system itself. And you would find those adaptations necessary to function, you know, the way you needed to function and survive. And so, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this year of just exploration on things and sharing. And, uh, I feel like I'm finally ready to kind of step out and teach and share and all this, you know, 50 years of trying to fix yourself. Uh, you learn, a, you learn a thing or two. That's right. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pick up a few things. So yeah. on, on that, on that note, like, what are you most excited about right now that you are involved in or that you're creating? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's uh, it's a number of things. What I've decided to do is, um, you know, I've really gotten away from the need to chase money or do any of that stuff. Or, you know, I mean, I crushed myself for years having to do this, having to do that, having to look like this or have these things or be the just <laughs> the insignificance of it has landed. And um, 50 years is all it took years. The insignificance has landed Houston. We have touchdown. Um, 
And so, you know, I, I would like to, I feel, I finally feel ready to act, to be a real and true contribution, that my actions are aligned with my words, that my teaching is fundamentally sound in ways, or, or even just putting out theory and saying, okay, you know, the kind of what if thought or the look at it this way. Um, so podcast is back online at Mindset Radio, uh, launching the YouTube channel here in the next uh, probably two weeks uh, at Mindset Radio, you know, uh, on YouTube where I'm just going to be lecturing or putting out those thoughts or, you know, kind of trying to create some unique and entertaining content, but really with, you know, things like capacity and, and a variety of things that, that I've learned over the years in human performance, human behavior, and, you know, everything I've spent my life doing basically. Uh, I'm going to open up a group on school, uh, hang with Jeff, right? Just kind of a cool area uh, where we can do some live Q and A's, get some direct one-on-one support, you know, and just engage, right? I, I have learned that I just love hanging out with people. Like I love just being in conversation, being around people, exploring things. Um, and then post that while well, I'm planning, you know, events, we're going to bring the meditation shooting, uh, event back, which I'm calling the unzipping, uh, cause that's exactly what it does. It just, whatever you're dealing with, uh, will show up that day. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, a couple of surprise retreats that I'm working on, uh, around that physiological adaptation idea, learning, exposing yourself to something radically different for a period in time to recontextualize some things. So that's kind of what's going on, man. Just easy flow and uh, enjoying life. I mean, mm -hmm. that's it, you know, spend yeah. more time focused on the kids, focused on myself and that's it. I mean, that's life for yeah. me right now. Yeah. That's, it, it's so cool that you've, you know, your, your own personal evolution has led you to that. Cause I know a lot of your experience has been in some rather intense realms of, of life and reality. So like what, for you, what's the contrast of like being in this place now versus like where you developed a lot of your skill sets and experience in the past? Yeah, man. You know, it's funny. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, I, I spend a lot of time with my guys, right, out of out of the community, out of the special operations community or the intelligence community, and you know, especially guys that are taking on their healing or taking on things. Um, you know, and the common fear for all of us is that we're going to lose this capability, you know, right? this this uh, this unique ability to do the things that we did, right? And and that's a big, scary, hairy thing to think about. You know, I've gone from being able to do all these things to this. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I would not today, I would not choose to go back into that environment, but I do feel like all that ability is still there. Should it be necessary? Um, you know, but honestly, I'm beginning to feel like some of those people I admire most who, you know, we talked about it before the show, like stoicism, for instance, right? This ability to kind of fully regulate your emotions, you know, stay in the context of the time, having space to logically consider, like using my full faculties. And, um, you know, those people were, when I would come across those people, they were like gold to me. I mean, I just, I like, I knew they were capable of things I wasn't, and I didn't fully understand it, you know? And so it's like, how can you be there? How can you remain uh, calm, without 
bombs, bullets, and burning buildings, right? Um, you know, because in that when the chaos outside was bigger than the chaos inside, totally good, no problem, right? No issue whatsoever. But when the chaos inside was bigger than the chaos outside, <laughs> you know what I mean, just pack it in. Um, I could only I could only sustain that for a little period in time. I was just out of capacity. I just didn't. I I was at the threshold already and didn't know it. Uh, and so I think it's cool now because now I kind of, dude, I I get to take everything that I've learned and every experience that I've had, and all the things that I've done. And now assimilate them into kind of this new con this new being, right? This new uh, central. I've, I've said this now, and people get tired of me saying it, but it feels like someone reached in and pulled out my old, worn out, gnarly central nervous system that was like, you know, if you looked at it, it'd be like, ooh, that thing. What happened to that thing? <laughs> you know, and and put a new one in. And so, you know, I'm being careful with it. Like literally, I have a team of people around me. You know, Michael's one of them. I asked Michael the other day, I said, I need you to watch my back. I need you to, to, you know, me well enough that if you start to see that, that, that angst or that anxiety start to creep back in and I'm not seeing it, I need you to tell me. Um, and so I find myself cautiously moving forward now, uh, in ways and, and trying to now align all of that in the healthiest way that I can, you know, and the stuff that, that didn't work and the exposure to stuff, um, you know, I'm not doing, I'm not putting myself in those conditions anymore right now. You know, if something needed to be done, I trust that it would all be back in a second and we'll be good to go. Um, but, uh, and I'm, and I'm building that own confidence cycle, right? I don't want any doubt there. Like I know if a moment came where I needed to bring in all those skills from my life, that they would be there when I need them. But for now they're resting, <laughs> they get to take a break, uh, so I, yeah, it's kind of been interesting, man. Mm -hmm. I think that's a, it's a great perspective to have and a really wonderful place to be able to get to within yourself. I know like I experienced not, not quite the same thing because our backgrounds are different, but from the perspective of being a competitive martial artist when I was a teenager to not being a competitive martial artist, being a more of a hobbyist now, <laughs> I, I remember yeah. I had like, Oh, but if I don't train every single day, twice a day, <laughs> then I'm going to lose this. And it like, just recently, like as in like in the last couple of months, have I actually relaxed and been like, okay, like that's all right. Like it's going to be there if I ever need it and I can, I can enjoy it. I don't need to train in a, in a way that, you know, I, I was training as a kid where I was like, okay, I need to make sure I'm you know on top of things. Cause I'm the small kid. And if people ever bully me, I need to be ready kind of thing. And it's like, that's not indicative to my reality today. And I can just do it now for the love of it, for the fun of it and yeah. change my experience completely. Oh, dude, I bet. And if you wanted to go back and compete, if you got that itch again, or like, man, I really want to push myself, then it's okay to step up the mm -hmm. game a little bit. Right. Cause now you're like, now I need to be mentally capable. My body needs to be ready for this competition, but it's, it's intentional. Right. I think so often, I mean, I do look back at my life, like there were there was not like an awareness of system and capacity to be intentional about the environments I was putting myself in constantly, right? There was, Hey, I need to do this, or I need to be ready for this, or I need to push hard or this or that. Um, you know, I mean, in the fire service, I used to run my people in the ground, mm -hmm. um, to the point where they had a mutiny one day, basically like, dude, you're killing us. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and my mentality was, well, then stop riding a fire truck, <laughs> you know, I mean, at the time, uh, which wasn't really the right response. So I don't know. It's, it's interesting, man. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, it's certainly a, a different paradigm of, of existing. And one thing I wanted to tie this back to, cause you said something really interesting with regards to people in the old environments that you would spend in where when the chaos in the outside was greater than the chaos inside, then they felt relaxed which I think is really fascinating because earlier in the conversation, one of the things that you had mentioned is sometimes we, we associate that feeling of safety to something that is actually like a miswiring as in like we're associating safety to something that's not safe. And yeah. in our, in our trainings in the liberation coaching Academy, one of the teaching points on this is we call it safety in sameness and uh, mm. like a fun little name called the reptilian hijack, which essentially is like you notice something that is, it might actually be in actuality safer than whatever your normal is, but because it's not your normal, you don't feel safe in it. And you like revert back to like maybe the more toxic version of what you think Dude. is. Yes. I mean the, 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 you know, the elephant, like I like to say, you know, you go back to Buddhists, we're just a bunch of, you know, we're big Indian elephant with a bunch of monkeys on top. Uh -huh. The elephant only wants what's familiar. Like it doesn't know good or bad, safe, unsafe. It just knows familiar and, and that becomes the intersection. Like that's something I'm paying attention to every day. Like, you know, exactly what you said, where am I, where's my body trying to like take me to. And I now have the capacity to look into that circumstance and be like, no, 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 we're not. That is, that may be familiar, but not healthy or not good or not safe or whatever the wording is you want to be. And then redirect into something new and going back to the breath. That's how you make the new thing familiar in the system, right? You, you start to apply whatever breathwork technique you want, right? That, that that realigns what's familiar in the system in the elephant to the new environment and over and you'll need and it's not like one and done you've got to do that fairly consistently like you mm -hmm. said you have your people kind of sit in it for a minute right and do that exercise and work through that process and doing that repeatedly re rewires the elephant to be like oh this got it cool you know mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah it reminds me of um Another part earlier in our conversation, we were talking about how that zero to six, zero to seven range is when we're breathing in our original breath. And then as we're starting to essentially, well, one of the things that my girlfriend says, she's one of the teachers in our, in our coaching academy. She says um, that when we are in that age range, zero to seven, we are borrowing from the, from the, essentially the nervous systems of everyone around us. hundred percent. We know what we're doing. Yeah. She's, she's a pediatric OT. So she's like always oh. working with kids and stuff. So she sees this every day. And I'm just like, that is a, a fascinating way to put it. Like we're not even using our own nervous systems because we're still building fac uh, like a scaffolding from everyone mm -hmm. else. Um, which I, I find mind blowing that, you know, we essentially build how we act as adults from that range. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like at the project I'm working on, uh, this book won't be out probably next year, but the anchored human book where I, I have a section in there on the anchored birth. And, mm -hmm. you know, if we think about it and you've seen this, especially in the trauma centered world, you know, where kind of birth has been created as some trauma in some way, um, you know, I'd like to change that conversation anyway. But, you know, if we think about it, like 
we go from radically safe, fully protected, everything that we need in utero into this world. And when we enter those very first moments, think about this, like think about it's gotten better over time with birthing centers, et cetera, home births and the, you know, this kind of evolution that started to occur. But, you know, you drop into a hospital, dude, what are you being exposed to in your first moments on this earth just from just from energy? You know, you got nurses running around, you got doctors running around, mom and dad are a little, everybody's riding everybody else's energy. And that kid comes out and all that kid is trying to do is do what they natural, what we as human beings know what to do, which is regulate to ourselves against the conditions. And in those very first moments of life, like that almost becomes impossible because there's so much energy in the space. And then our system gets confused of like, wait a minute, I was perfectly wonderful right here. What happened? Cozy. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. What, why did you bring me out of that space into this chaos? Um, you know, and, and just contextually, if I, if we think about that, like, God, what if, I mean, I would love to see like angered birthing centers where everybody knew the breathing techniques, doctors, nurses, parents, everybody was in the process. Everybody in that room had a regulated central nervous system, knew how to regulate it, you know, and there's the doctor knew how to both regulate himself, herself, himself, or those around him or whoever was in charge was kind of like the central nervous system of the birth. And it was their responsibility to hold a calm environment and, you know, bring that child into the world, pass off to mom and dad and mom and dad then take over and they are not regulating the child. They are regulating themselves. So the child can then learn how to be safe, learn how to regulate themselves against all these conditions. Like if we could just do that, I think we'd make a big difference. Oh yeah. Yeah. I get, I get chills. Sorry, I didn't mean to go off on a diatribe there for you. That's no, no, no. I, I, I would love for you to go even further into it because I love this idea of anchored birth. And every time, like the first time you told me about it, I got chills, just got chills again, hearing about it because I can, see exactly how that would be a paradigm shifting practice or custom Global. custom that people could pick up completely. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, I, I feel like if there's one thing I can leave behind on this planet before I go, it would be that, you know, certified anchored birthing centers, um, you know, and, and that just became the way it became because, if we do that, you know, and I'm creating this map kind of through the anchored birth, anchored child, anchored family, you know, this environment where you know, we don't even talk about emotions until five, six, seven, right? All we talk about are physical sensations. What do you feel like? Is there tension in the system? Do you feel heavy? Do you feel, you know, and getting more associated with the actual sensations in our body so that then when I'm now, when I have access to my cognitive faculties and my thinking, I can now attach, oh, that physical sensation I get when this goes on, oh, we call that sadness or we call that anger, mm -hmm. right? The problem is we're attaching a label of an emotion to a physical sensation early from an outside perspective. We're not inside our kids. We don't know. So, you know, I, cause I can say, you know, I grew up 
at times I, you know, there were times where I was angry and this and that, but I felt like I got mislabeled constantly. And it's this little tiny Jeff, I'm screaming like, no, that's wrong. I'm actually, I'm not angry. I'm terrified, you know? And, and so as an adult, you grow up and that, that's that feeling of, of terror or scared or unsafe becomes whatever mom and dad labeled it for me. Uh, and I, I really think, um, I think the path forward gives us an opportunity now that we know more about the central nervous system, more about, you know, physiological response, more about dorsal vagal shutdown and all these things that we didn't know 15, 20 years ago, even, you know, or if we did, they were just kind of being figured out. Um, I think we've got an opportunity to really like make a shift in humanity in this way, right. In, in the education, the understanding of, Hey, this is in simple. I mean, it's not like that's what would that take? Nothing, you know, breathing. I mean, it, really, huh? <laughs> it, it would take breathing, you know, actually. Yeah, that's, it. that's it. That's it. I mean, here you go. This is all you got to do. This is, you know, you don't have to go pay for all these things or do all this stuff or do all these magical whiz bang things or spend a ton of money just, you know, during, during pregnancy, here's the process. Here's what it's going to look like at birth. And when you do that, you're actually giving yourself space for if things don't go right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's what we're missing. We're missing the space because we're already at max. And then if something goes wrong, you got to have a C-section or baby's not coming out correctly or whatever, we have no space to operate. And then if baby comes out, you know, into that space that everybody's like just around, I mean, Merry Christmas. Welcome to life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> sorry. You know, I mean, like, can we, I, I, I don't know. I feel like I was finally able to, uh, uh, after wearing out a lot of people in my life, unfortunately, uh, pull my head out of my ass and understand the depth of this. And so, um, yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's just a part of it. Yeah. And, it, it, and I really do, do think that was a, a leading issue for me early on. Like I didn't want to come out. I knew it wasn't a safe environment to come out into. And, um, and so I think I came out terrified and angry. You know, <laughs> it, yeah. it, it makes sense, especially, I mean, I do a lot of this work with clients. I, I, when I work with my one-on-one -on -one clients or when we're training them, we're teaching them this process called fourth door which essentially allows somebody to get to the root cause of their major negative emotions or traumas that they come in with. And a few really fascinating things. Number one is invariably there's at least one of their major negative emotions that the root cause was birth. Yeah. At least one for, for yeah. everybody. Um, so yeah. it varies. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's anger. Sometimes it's uh, yeah. like shame, but for a lot of people it's at birth as, as we access the unconscious mind and they, they recall these things. The other thing that I think is really fascinating that you were sharing here is the labels that we use for the sensations that we have, because a lot of the time when somebody's saying anger or somebody's saying sadness, like my anger is not your anger. And what I found when I go through this process is when I, I'll bring somebody through and I'll ask them before we even go into like removing the charge, I just say, what emotions were you experiencing in this moment at this root cause of X emotion? And half the time, 
the actual emotion in question, let's say we're releasing anger or sadness is not anything of what that person was actually feeling. That's just what they got taught to, to call it and to label it, which has blown my mind. Cause I'm like, okay, so it doesn't matter if we feel the actual like worded or labeled emotion, but it's what are the sensations that haven't been felt or that want to be felt in this situation. So I, I find it fascinating that you were able to essentially unpack that in yourself and being like, this isn't anger. Like I'm terrified right now. Like yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all. scared. I don't want to be here. I'm not happy. This sucks. Mm. You know, this mm. is hard. And, and I, you know, and, and we forget, you know, it's, it's just interesting. I mean, it's just the way we've gone about it. It's not like anybody did anything wrong. You know, you got to think years ago, we're trying to figure out how to, to put words to things going on inside. And so emotions, are nothing more than a label of sensations. Emo, you know, emotions don't exist in the meat sack. Mm -hmm. Sensations do, but emotions don't. Sensations mm -hmm. that start to come out or present a certain way get labeled. But internally, that's just a sensation. Until it's expressed, that's just a sensation in the body. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then the expression of that comes out in ways that then we can call, hey, this... When, when this expression is this and then check in and be like, okay, so the way you're acting, I would observe as angry or sad. Mm -hmm. Is that really how you feel inside? Like what are the sensations that are connected to that? I mean, think about how much more we'd be able to regulate ourselves rather than, I mean, we've for what the last hundred years or more, we've been in a society that's going to tell us what to do and how to feel and how we should feel. And the feelings that we have, we're going to let them define them, define them for us. And, and we really have lost control over our own systems. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And, and, and not by anybody's fault. It's not like anybody, it's not like some sinister plan out there. It's just the way we have gone. Um, you know, I often wonder if language itself screwed us up. You know, if we, if we, if we had been better just grunting at each other or <laughs> just making know, minimizing, sounds. yeah, like you had to regulate off, um, uh, off each other. I have a, I have a retreat plan for that, that I think is going to be a lot of fun. That sounds um, awesome. <laughs> Please let yeah. me know what's going on. Oh dude, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it, I think it will be, um, I think it will be a lot of fun because as you begin to limit certain things or reduce certain things or have to find new ways to communicate, um, you know, it's, it's an exposure point. And, and the, and the thing is, unless we have some reference point, like, I, I mean, I will tell you post my shot in this last year, kind of feeling like it's been a, you know, can you, a whole can you release what the, what the um, shoot was, um, what was for... I going to say, uh, oh, yeah, I totally lost my train of thought. Everything I feel now is new. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know you could feel this calm for this long, mm -hmm. you know, like we go back to where I felt calm was in a crisis that was bigger than mine and, and totally good there. It's what made me really good at my job. I was like, sure, I'll go sit in this burning building. I don't care. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's better than what's going on inside, you know, mm -hmm. sure. We'll go travel around the world and do stupid shit better mm -hmm. than what's going on inside. Um, mm -hmm. it was like relief for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so now in this new state of being, and I told you this earlier, it's like even the, the sensations that come up, 
I would say for most of my life, all of it was collapsed into one thing. Like everything was centered into me. And over this last year, I can actually feel it come up from me, but not like a part of me. It's very weird. Like, even if I'm very sad, I can stop in the middle of that sadness. And, you know, for instance, if I was like sitting with mom or whatever, like one time I was sitting with mom, it's just the two of us and, and things just started to release and I'm just sobbing and I'm all that crap that was tucked in. is just pouring out last year. And, but even in the middle of that, I was still wildly in control because I would literally stop and I would look at mom and check in and be like, are you Okay. You know, can I continue to let this out? I don't understand what it is, you know, but it's coming out. Like I can't, I don't want to stop it. And I don't know that I could stop it. And she would be like, yep, I'm good. You know, and she just sat with me and let it, just let it expel out of the system. Um, it's just weird, man. But, you know, that happens before. It's just like all of it, right? It's me. It's all of it. It's packed with like shame and guilt and disappointment and all these crap things that I don't, you know, I, I think that are put on us. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. we kind of talked about that, right. They yeah. got handed to us. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, I, I feel clean is a mm -hmm. way to describe yeah. it, right. That I'm actually able to experience what is mine as mine, not anybody else's and then navigate it appropriately in the context I'm in. It's crazy, man. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> It's super liberating as well, it, especially with something like that, because you're able to feel based on what you're describing. It sounds like you're able to feel emotions without identifying with them and taking them personally. Yeah. And just the, the emotions are almost like information that hasn't, hasn't been able to get through. And now it's finally able to get through. Well, and it's like, I don't feel bad about feeling bad or right. I don't feel bad <laughs> about feeling angry. I don't feel it, it, it's dude. I mean, these are things that I may have logically known before, but did not know in mm -hmm. like, you know, or I would feel like I told you like in these interim pockets, but it wasn't sustainable for me. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, legitimately, man, I'm, I'm fully aware my system was broken. Like, mm -hmm. like there was damage that mm -hmm. needed to be repaired. Uh, and I don't think we give that enough credit either. You know, mm -hmm. I think it needs to be balanced between what I can do. But like one of the things I talk about now and encourage people now, it's like, if all of this feels like too much, you know, maybe you try it a little bit and okay, it feels okay, but it's not sustainable or not there. There, there, the probability that there's damage to the system is very high. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I mean, cause I ran my head up against the wall for years. Well, it's gotta be ego or it's gotta be this, or you should just be able to, or blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? And it's like killing me inside literally. And now with the sense, it's like, oh, oh, there was, there was actually physical, physically something wrong with me that needed to be corrected. And now that that could be corrected, now all that stuff is like, oh, cool. No big deal. Sweet. Yeah. I'll go yeah. breathe for 10 minutes. Yes, please. Cause I want to hold this. Like this is, Oh, what I was going to say earlier, I now have an anchor for what is possible mm. in my system. And, you know, and I didn't have it before, so I didn't know how to get there necessarily or how to sustain it when I had it. And, you know, these days it's now like, Nope, this is going to stay. <laughs> We're mm. going to do everything to stay here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. 
what what was the the shot that you were describing? Like, what what did that do for your system? Because you were you were basically you figured out that something was not working the way it needed to be. Yeah. What, what's the what's the shot that you ended up doing there? Yeah. So a couple of years ago, it, it's fairly new. Um, you know, I I found out through my good friend who was who when he was number two at First Special Forces Command, Lieutenant Colonel there, uh, oversaw this program. They were doing it at Bragg for the 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 fellas and the ladies out of certain communities um and uh basically what it is it's called the stella ganglion blocker and they go in it's a shot that they go in into your neck right about here and they reach down into the end of, end of the amygdala and i'm screwing this up i'm actually getting the actual doctor on mindset radio to to, to dive into this thing um, awesome. <laughs> but basically what it does is it deadens the nerve endings and so if we think about it dorsal vagal shutdown or any any damage to the central nervous system, to the autonomic nervous system or whatever else, starts to prevent regulation, emotional regulation. Like you just don't have what quote unquote normal people <laughs> have. Um, you have a very limited window. And oftentimes that window is then just highly emotional. You know, there's not a lot of space. There's not a lot of capacity constantly angry or constantly, and you know, filled with anxiety or whatever your kind of primary thing is. And it feels very defeating. And so what it does is it goes in, deadens those nerve endings, and it gives your system a chance to actually relax. And it's not a miracle cure. It's not like, boom, I've known guys that have blown through it because they didn't change their conditions or didn't, I mean, I, everything I, you know, we left brute force, moved, changed it all. Like I knew that if I, I wanted to keep this and if I was going to keep this, everything had to change everything. And so, um, that's the road I've taken on. And, and it basically, it, it gives you just enough to then do the actions, do the breath work, do the meditation, do the things, take care of yourself, right. To, to bring your central nervous system back into a more freed up space. And, you know, they don't know how long it lasts now because it's kind of been all over the map for people. You know, if you go right back into the stress you were in, you're going to blow through it. You know, matter of fact, it's probably going to make it worse because you don't have that guardrail that keeps mm -hmm. all that crap, like perfectly packed. You know, that thing mm -hmm. I refined over 50 years is gone. <laughs> um, and so, you know, you're experiencing things differently. You're way more, you know, I told you before the show, I feel like I went from level five asshole to highly sensitive person in about, you know, six, seven months. Because yeah. um, I, I got feel things now. <laughs> Dude, it, it's like, what, what? And I've had to stop myself and be like, whoa, what's going on? Why am I sad right now? Like, why am I this right now? And, and really look and be like, oh, and I can, but I can see the line of it. You know, it's not even a return to old ways. It's this whole new thing that kind of can be a little scary too. You know, there's been points where, you know, I looked at mom mid-year and was like, I don't, if this doesn't clear up, I mean, I called back to the doctors and they're like, well, if you don't feel like it's working, we can bring you back, do another one. Um, you know, but as I gave it time and they say it takes about a year to set in, depending upon who you are and stuff. Uh, and it's right on track with it. I mean, and it's, you know, and I've just had to kind of navigate this time period with it. But I'm not kidding when it feel when I say it feels like somebody yanked my old sort of system in, put a new system in. That's what it physically feels like in the body. Crazy. Yeah. It's like a yeah, total total change in, in your life experience. And Dude, I, I, what what I find fascinating about it too is <laughs> it reminds me of uh 
the Grinch movie with Jim Carrey when like his heart grows and he's like, what yep. is this? He's like, I'm feeling yeah. it. <laughs> it's like yeah. exactly like that. I had something like that happen last year, actually, as I started actually reconnecting and feeling my emotions because I was in my body. I wasn't thinking about how I felt. I was actually feeling them. And yeah. it, like you said, it's very, it's raw. It's like, holy shit. Like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm used to discussing all this shit. <laughs> right. What is this? This is real sadness and I'm okay to feel it right now. Or, yeah. or this is real nervousness or whatever it might be. Like, yeah, man. I mean, it, uh, it's, and, it, and you know, the cool thing is, and you know, I've done a lot of other work, a lot of other programs and psychedelics. And I mean, mm -hmm. dude, I, <laughs> I'm like, if I can't fix this, I'm not going to be here. I mean, that's mm -hmm. truly how I felt. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and so, you know, a lot of great aha moments and eye opening things and connection upstairs with stuff, but none of it came out this way. This was just like a slow leak, if you will, in a way, you know, there was no great powerful, oh, this is the problem, you know, that we, we kind of naturally look for now. Right go to a weekend with Robbins and everything will be perfect or whatever else, you know, we're looking for kind of rapid solutions. This was not a rapid solution. And, and what I don't know is, you know, it alone doesn't produce the same result. I mean, if I think about the work that I have taken on and done and put myself through or exposed myself through over the last 20 years, like I, everything is culminating, you know, and I think it's brought, it's just brought a different sense of peace to my system. You know, I told you this like last year, I, I bought a Bible, you know, I haven't read the Bible, prayed, connected with God since I was a kid. You know, I grew up in a very weird church environment and, and just pushed away from all of that uh, for a long time. You know, I went through a phase where I was angry with God and then I just went through a phase where I was just kind of neutral about it, but bought a Bible. I have my morning prayer time now. I do my morning devotionals. Um, you know, I think all of it coming together and in, in this time and place, what the shot did it gave me the space to do all the other things. The shot didn't fix me, mm -hmm. but it gave me the space to really now do the healing work, you know, at multiple layers. And so, um, you know, I'm not a big fan of like, Hey, this will fix you tomorrow. Uh, mm -hmm. cause I've tried everything that, Hey, this will fix you tomorrow and hate to break it. Yeah. To you. <laughs> you know, I, I love yeah. that you brought this up. Um, because what's interesting is about some of these really, amazing solutions that can create big change for somebody in their life experience and their nervous system, all these things. The one thing that they all have in common is that when you come out on the other side of them, if you do not act in a way that is aligned with the change that you're intending to make, it will revert itself back to what your nervous system thinks is safe. Yep. And so in yep. like aligned and inspired action in the direction of the new intention, I think is key because there. Like even the work that I do with people, they'll let go of stuff that they've been holding on to for 20, 30, 40 years and have these massive changes and revelations. But it's also important at the same time for them to live in accordance with those massive changes and revelations that they've had. Because even uh, the way I look at it is that we're all sovereign. We all have dominion over our system. Some of us know it. Some of us haven't remembered that yet. And everybody's on their path with that. But just as much as we can do the change work, we can choose to undo it through our actions and through the environments that we choose to put ourselves in. And I think it's just a testament to you going into what was unfamiliar afterwards into what was like truly like peaceful, safe <laughs> and create yeah. a contentment. 
and allowed your system to get on board and familiar with this new paradigm of living. Yeah. I mean, I, I basically took six months off, mm. you know, uh, I, I just, I needed it. I asked for some support for the people around me and, um, and I knew that I just needed it and I needed to, to not do Jeff's normal because Jeff's normal would have led him right back into same space, right? The, the, I would have blown away the opportunity I was given. And, um, and I didn't unnecessarily understand that before. And I didn't feel like I had the ability to change my environment before with the other things. Like would, would the other things have worked? Maybe, but I would have needed to also then radically change my environment. Mm -hmm. And, um, and some of that wasn't possible at the time, just, you know, uh, I mean, it could have been, but it would have been devastating in many ways for uh, a lot of people. And then, you know, ultimately it becomes devastating anyway. So, you know, what you just got to choose your choice, you know what I mean? Which, uh, but, uh, and devastating is not the right word, but you know, impact. And mm -hmm. so, uh, and I feel like I can even be responsible today for the impacts that I've had on people over my life. Um, without that heaviness or without that weight of like guilt and shame, like true, um, empathy, right. A, a, a true understanding of what it may have been like to be in the experience of me at times. Um, mm. and, and a commitment that that's going to go away. Yeah. That's all, you know, and, and, and I'm happy about that. So, you know, previously it would have been like, Oh, you know, bad Jeff, shame on you, go sit in the corner kind of deal, mm -hmm. um, which just, just propagated all of that. Whether that was coming from outside or whether that was coming from internal, didn't matter, same result. And, and, and it just kept me in that same loop and same cycle. So I think I'm grateful for the way life had gone and has gone that has given me the space to settle back. And yeah, now it is like the number one priority is protecting my system uh, yeah. at all costs, period, end of sentence. Like that's, I, that's I it. That. Yeah. Dude. It's, I mean, even in micro moments, I told you this morning, driving in, I, I had a podcast record this morning and I called my buddy and was like, dude, I can't do this, man. I just dropped a little man off. I need to kind of, you know, re-regulate, re-anchor my stuff. I'm, you know, all it, cause it went into him and then you, and then on with the day and da, 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 da. And I was like, I can't do it, man. And he's like, no worries, brother. And so I literally came home and spent 45 minutes, you know, binaural beats and relaxation points and my rhythmic breathing cycle, my return to original breath and oh, got up and I was like, oh, wow, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Okay. Now, like I feel yeah. back to where I want to feel now. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I have sat in the depth of that feeling of feeling okay and feeling safe with myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and now that I know what that is, I know how to get there. Right. Yeah. I know the tools and the things I can do. And if a tool's not working, I've got another one. And you know what I mean? Like that's just how we got to go. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and the, it seems like you're, that your practice with this is normalizing it as like this, this is how my reality goes. Like, and whatever the old echo, the echoes of your old reality are just, just that they're echoes of something old. They're, they're the past, but they're not who you are today. As Alan Watts would say, they're the wake of the ship. The wake of the ship. Yes, exactly. The wake of the ship going off into the, you know, disappearing. Yeah. A hundred percent. No, yep. I, I, that's, that's beautiful. And one thing I wanted to ask you 
was uh, a little bit more about the anchored human. I know this yeah. is a book that you're you're in process with, and I'm curious, like, what is the intent of the book? I know we talked we, brought, we talked about it a little bit before, but you, you mentioned some things like the anchored human, the anchored parent, yeah. and I, I love this this topic because it is using safety and almost like fundamental well being as a beginning, yeah. not as the destination. Yeah, totally, totally. You know, it's interesting as I was writing last year. I was kind of running up against things because, you know, this this question of safe is such an important piece, right? It's such a critical piece. But in the writing, what I found was I needed I needed I needed to be able to reference more around this idea of safe. Right. Uh, and so I transitioned what I my book launch, like the couple that are going to come out over the next few years. Um, and so I've brought uh, the book Fuck Meditation up to center. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, and because here's the deal. So, so that book is 100% about understanding the central nervous system and what safe feels like in the body or could feel like in the body. Um, and meditation is a beautiful example of how to break that down. Cause I mean, I've had people who can't even close their eyes, right? Most normal people, Hey, go sit on a cushion for 10 minutes. Their head will explode. Mm -hmm. uh, every client that I've worked with, over the years, most, uh, almost every conversation, the first question is, you're not going to make me meditate, are you? And I kind of laugh and I'm like, not like you think. And so, you know, we have, I believe we have confused people with meditation, mm -hmm. right? We've made it this big necessary thing that you have, you know, we've made it a to-do, not an opportunity. We've, you know, constructed it in ways that people are like, I can't do that. You want me to sit on a cushion for 10 minutes quietly with nothing going on? You're out of your mind. Like people can't think they, they, it's like getting money, right? It's a disruption to the, the regular uh, central nervous system because it is wildly unfamiliar. And so through this journey, we begin to break it down into different steps or stages or concepts or ideas and, and put a little practice into place where you can ease into it. And even if you never sit on a cushion, but use this technique or that or whatever, it may work for you. It may just be fine for you, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, not everybody needs to sit on a cushion for 10 or 20 minutes or an hour. I mean, it would be great, but, but it's that in and of itself is not always necessary. Correct. Right? And so... So the first book coming out, it'll probably be out by fall now, um, is fuck meditation. And then that gives me kind of the, the reference point to really dive into the meat of the anchor human process, right? Which breaks down into different categories. But, uh, somebody made a comment one day, they were like, Oh, from the untethered soul to the angled anchored human. I love it. Yeah, um, it's perfect. And, <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. It's the, right? other, it's the other side of the same coin. I mean, like, yeah, it, well it is right. And. And so, you know, conceptually, the way it kind of came out for me when I was a kid, we used to go to Nagshead, North Carolina every year for mm. vacation, like duck and that area. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but, you know, that's where the Wright brothers took their first flight. And there's these big sand dunes kind of back off the ocean. Um, and guys would fly these massive kites. I mean, like the whole performance kites, right, that are just doing all kinds of things and they're working it hands and feet and it's you know got multiple things on it and i would always sit and be fascinated with both the kite and the flyer and you know in this process i was like oh you know how often that we want to be that kite we want to fly and be ourselves and be free to do what we believe we 
were put on this earth to do and have that freedom and experience the flow of life and the wind against us and, you know, be able to dance beautifully against the sky. Like that's what we want to do. Uh, but we're taking our, our anchors mm -hmm. and handing, it's like, I'm going, Hey Victor here, fly my kite for me. Mm -hmm. And then I will take the credit for how nice it <laughs> totally. And then are you going to actually give me the freedom to, and it's impossible, right? Cause you're mm -hmm. going to fly it the way you want to fly it. And so conceptually, as I thought about this, it's like, we don't necessarily need to, we, we can't fly without some anchor. We can't express ourselves without some core components in anchoring our systems. And so, um, part of that is how do we go through this process in a deep way to find those anchors of true safety, right? Not familiar, but safe. Um, and that can be as a leader that can, you know, so you've got like the angered leader, the angered parent, the angered child, the angered birth, you know, it's kind of what these, these asp these avenues I'm going to lay out for people as examples. Um, you know, but even in partnership, like we are responsible for ourselves. And unfortunately, you know, when I grew up, that was, that was not the norm of how you parented. Um, and so it's like, I had a conversation with a little man the other day of like, Hey dude, I realized growing up, all growing up or maturing is, is you learning to take care of yourself. That's it. You brush your teeth in the morning, you get yourself dressed, you, you know, and at some age you will drive yourself to school and at some age you will get a job and you will get your own place. That's all it is. I want you to keep all this awesomeness. You've got the fun, the wonder, the excitement, the playfulness, the curiosity whole. I'm not going to take that from you. You need to keep that. And the only thing we're going to do is just figure out how you begin to learn how to just physically take care of yourself, physically, mentally, and emotionally, right? Spiritually. How do you do that for your, that's it. That's growing up. And, you know, and so that requires, you know, these anchor points along the way, as we go through life or into partnership or into work or whatever it might be. And, and like you've said, and, and I've said the same thing, it's like, then you will become the central nervous system of your family or your team or whatever it might be. And so if I'm anchored, if I'm stabilized, then I can get everyone around me stabilized. Right. I mean, it was the contrast. If you go back to my days in the firehouse, uh, you know, great on the fire ground shit show in the firehouse, right? Crisis was great. I'm super calm. I'm the central nervous system. Everybody, I mean, my chief even told me one day, he's like, dude, I don't understand it. But I, when you pull up on the scene, I can feel this calmness come around. Right. And it's because I was good. I was finally in, a, in the environment that outweighed me. Mm -hmm. uh, but then in the calm spaces, no. Uh, mm -hmm. So how do I bring all that together? And then how do I find those anchors so I can be it's not one or the other, you know, it's all together. And so that's going to really be the concept that we look at. Um, but most importantly, the reason for the anchor births aspect is that's kind of, I'm going to take you, take you through that, that line of life. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and if we don't have them or we're giving them over to other people to control or manage or do whatever with, it ain't never going to work. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, that's it. I look for people to tell me I was okay all the time. And then when they would get close and realize I wasn't okay and that went away, then I would get frustrated. All right. And then I would get angry and then I would get resentful. And so, uh, so yeah, that's the exploration of this kind of anchor human concept. It's that ability to anchor yourself in 
assess what's going on, regulate your central nervous system, and then act accordingly based on the present conditions, not the forecasting or, you know, the backlooks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. I feel it's going to transform whatever our normal is for when we think of parenting or how, how to do parenting as, as this information spreads as, as more people practice it, it very much falls in line with my, the whole mission that I have, which is liberate yourself, liberate humanity. Cause by liberating yourself and being resourced, being regulated in yourself, it affects other people. Like whoever's energy is more anchored, <laughs> so to speak, yeah. is going to ultimately dictate the energy in the room. Yeah. Yeah. And that anchor point, you know, and it is the expression of what is that anchor point? Like, I mean, my energy was anchored in, you know, in a normal space, in a non-crisis environment, in something not, I don't know, I don't know what the word would be, not good. We'll just, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. we'll just we'll lame in terms of, right? And I was anchored into something. And so this powerful energy that is Jeff or this, you know, as I would show up and be in charge and do, 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 do. You know, I, unknowingly, I'm dysregulating everybody around me, mm-hmm. um, you know, not intentionally. And then I'm, I mean, it's like, I, I now look at D if, if he's like, if he's like, can I have dessert? I'm like, I don't know, buddy. Do you, do you, how would you feel if I added sugar to the, to what, to your behavior right now? And he's usually like, mm, oh yeah, probably not good. I'm like, okay, well, then we're not going to add sugar. We're not going to pour gas on the fire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I realized I had been doing that with him. I'd been like, you know, I'm trying to compensate and, hey, can I have this? Sure, kiddo, you can have this. And I'm trying to compensate for something rather than going, hmm, if I give that to you right now, what's going to be the result? And uh, and then communicating it with him now, because he, he, now he's like, even I think last night he was like, can I? He's like, no. <laughs> and he just corrected himself. <laughs> like, well, that's self-regulation right there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I, yeah. I find that incredibly inspiring the way that you describe uh, parenting from this perspective, because I'm, you know, an aspiring father. Yeah. <laughs> my, my lady and I were, uh, were in those conversations at the moment. Good. And when I think about it, it's like what you've done there, which I found really fascinating is you essentially gave the question back to him for him to check in and be like, "Mm, no, like, like he checked in with his own system, his own feelings around his own sensations and was able to make his own decision, which is an incredibly empowering thing to start to instill and give him back his sovereignty at every, at every opportunity that you had. Yeah. Yeah. And he won't do that every time. You know what I mean? He, cause he's, he's not there and that's what I, and I, and I think I've learned to tell him, I'm like, Hey man, I'm not here to tell you yes or no. I'm here to check in and help, help you make choices now. And, um, and I can see the, the, the immediate shift in him around things, um, which is cool. Right. And cause none of us want to be told what to do. I don't care what age you are. Um, you know, we want to feel like we've got to say in where we are. And so that's, that's kind of been the thing. It's like, check into where you are. And, you know, it's like, this is a fun one. I tell him, you know, that energy bump that he gets and it comes at like 620 for three days in a row, it came at like 625. I mean, cause I looked at the clock. I was just curious, um, that energy bump post dinner, you know, blood sugars kicked up. He's kind of got that, that space, that energy and stuff. And I say, Hey man, you know what the beautiful thing is? I say that. That's, this is actually, your body's designed this way so that you have an opportunity to train yourself 
how to regulate your own energy because contextually it's time to bring the energy down, but it's giving you this surge. And so here's a chance to practice in that surge, matching the energy to the environment and the time, right? And bringing that energy into the right context because now we're going to sit in color and now we're going to bring the lights down and now we're going to do these things. And so I've gone to kind of this full environment now in the house where, you know, and, and for years I hated it. I was like, got to turn the lights on. I got to be able to see now, you know, sun going down, lights go down in the house. We calm down, gentle music goes on. We do a puzzle, we color, whatever it might be. And, and I let, and I give him the space to ride his, his energy wave there, right. In that evening hour, I give him a little bit of space and then encouragement around. It's not like, I'm like, you can't do this. Just mm -hmm. notice this. Okay. You know, do you need a little more time? And, you know, maybe he pulls out his, his, uh, jujitsu dummy and needs, you know, mm -hmm. 10 minutes to just express energy. Cause it feels too big for him to manage. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Then go, go wrap up the dummy, right. And get after it and get on it and get that out and get it to a space where then you can regulate it. So that's, I mean, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing, man. I'm just trying every day. I mean, I, that's what it boils down to. Yeah. I find it incredibly inspiring to hear about it. And it's like, I'm like taking notes. I'm like, all right. <laughs> These are some of the things that I will implement. Upon yeah, man, I don't want him to. Yeah. Cause I want him to be confident and, and capable. And I don't want him riding my energy. And I know he did for a long time. And mm -hmm. so, um, but you know, there's still, there's space, there's resilience in him that we can, you know, it's not a, I, mean, I didn't give him a life sentence. We can, we can work together and, you know, and when we're doing those things, I'm doing them with him. Right. Yes. I am. I'm really, I realized that I was not always the best example that I would, you know, do what I say, not what I do kind of deal. And mm -hmm. so just remodeled life. And it's just beautiful to have the space to do that now, man. I mean, that's just wasn't possible before, honestly, uh, Absolutely. for me. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad that you found that space and you're really enjoying it, normalizing it. it it's a, it's a beautiful thing to see. I had uh, two more questions before we yeah. wrap up. The first one is I'm sure some people are listening to this thinking to themselves, okay, like where can I start to, you know, regulate myself and, and whatnot. So if people want to know more about the work that you do, where's the best place to find you and access uh, some of these things that we discussed today? Yeah. So it would be, uh, I've kind of limited my platforms uh, and I'm not, not overworking myself. So uh, Instagram is kind of my primary, like I do a morning thought, in the mornings, I just kind of do these different things. Um, uh, TikTok, uh, I'm blowing out a little bit. My daughter's giving me some coaching on how to be effective on TikTok, you know, at 19, <laughs> pulling that out. And, uh, yeah, she's a rock star anyway. Uh, you need to go listen to her podcast from this week. It, uh, uh, she's totally changed up resolutions to what's in and out and, you know, her vibe. Uh, you would really enjoy it. Uh, awesome. I'll definitely so check it out. <laughs> Mindset Radio on the, you know, on the podcast, which is available everywhere. Uh, the YouTube channel at Mindset Radio will be coming up with, you know, just different lectures and teaching and kind of going deep into these areas. Um, and then uh, I'm Mindset Radio on TikTok as well. On Instagram, I'm actually Mindset06 Actual. Uh, I'm collapsing the two together. Uh, so, uh, and then uh, uh, if you follow, you know, the website MindsetRadio.com or whatever else here shortly, the uh, group uh, on school will be open where, you know, I just want to be able to connect with people and give them real thoughts kind of in the moment, right? Because I feel like we need a healthy community to support us. And so, 
you know, 10 bucks a month, come in live Q and A's, you get discounts in the events, you get first order refusal. Like I, I don't want to put events out into the world. I want a group where I can just fire it in and people are like, okay, cool. We're doing that. Um, you know, and then if it doesn't fill, we'll put it out to everybody else. But, uh, yeah, I would really like to build a community that is wildly supportive because I want to learn from people. Like I want to hear what's going on in people's lives. Um, you know, I've had this massive breadth of experience, not to tell you what to do, um, but maybe, you know, I borrowed wisdom from people my whole life and I still do today. I'd love to, you know, offer that out to people at times. Um, and sometimes it's just about, hey, here's maybe a different perspective or a view or a different way to think about it, right? Because I don't think we've done a good job at learning how to think. In a broader perspective, you know, we have a very narrow focus on many things. And so that's where you can come hang, hang out, chill out, uh, hang with me, learn, you know, all I, I, information's free, right? I mean, that's why I believe like learning and information. That's why I'm just going to uh, crank it on YouTube. It's, it'll be my legacy. Hopefully it'll just be there forever. And, you know, hundred years from now, somebody's going to find, you know, like people have found, gone back to find Alan Watts. Maybe yeah. one day somebody will find Jeff Bam and it'd be like, Oh, I remember this dude. You know, <laughs> time, Or, you know, I've never heard of this guy before where he's been hiding. But yeah, I mean, I think that it's just, I would like to leave a really positive contribution in the world. Um, and so those are the areas I'm going to do it. And then yeah. the book as they come out, right. Uh, I'd like to be the place where I can be publishing at least one, if not two a year over the next couple of years. Um, and just having fun. I don't know, man, come snowboard with me, come surf. You want to go to Costa Rica and surf? Let's go. And that's where you can find me. So amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to have you back on, uh, when, when fuck meditation comes out, <laughs> that's going to be awesome. And I would love to, to get, get into that book with you. So my, my last question before we wrap is what does it mean to you to live a liberated life? This, this conversation right here. I mean, everything that we talked about today, honestly, and that, that answer would have been contrived maybe before, like it would have been logical and it would have sounded right, but it, but it would not have been connected. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I think today, this morning is a great example. I was fully in charge of myself this morning. I could identify where I was. I could identify kind of tension in the system or excess energy that needed to come out that if I ignored would stay and took the action that I knew to take to navigate that. And, and it's that simple, right? It's actually just the recognition of where I am and what I need you know, and, and the willingness to then do it. Um, I wouldn't have done that a year ago. I'd have been like, Nope, got to do this, got to do that. And, um, so yeah, man, all of this, this is, that's what it means. Finally. It's like, oh, <laughs> you know, I don't know if you see that, like go back and go back and just look at the old podcast, look at my face difference between the two, you know, it's just, like, uh, it, it is felt <laughs> the difference. Yeah, so. dude. I mean, it, it just, it's, it is liberating. It is wildly freeing and and I think my trepidation before was, I didn't know it, ex I didn't know if it actually existed. Mm. Like I would, I would, there were days, dude, I would sit and wonder, is everyone else just as full of shit as I am? And we're all screwed up, mm. um, you know, or am I the only one or whatever? And now that I've come to this place, um, 
it's such a beautiful spot. Like I want to protect it, you know, yeah. and, and I'm willing to do what is necessary to protect it and honor myself. And so that's, that's what it means to me. Amazing. Jeff, thank you so much for being on the show, man. It is, uh, it's always a party <laughs> having these conversations with you. <laughs> always something. Yeah. Looking forward to having you on again, brother. Thanks, brother.